Hello and welcome to The Haunted. I'm Freddie Young. And I'm Vanessa Mitchell. And this is episode 10. It's a milestone. Yeah, 10 for us. (laughs) So uh, in our last episode, we said that we was going to the cinema to watch The Conjuring 3, The Devil Made Me Do It. Uh, So we wanted to do an episode. We wanted to, A, review the film and tell you what we thought personally. But also because the film and the Conjuring universe is based on true stories and uh, kind of the real life tales of uh, Ed and Lorraine Warren. Yeah. And their kind of fact files. So we wanted to give you... Loosely based, supposedly. Very loosely based. Because I'm going to give you definitively what we know to be fact and then in our review we'll talk about all the things they've added a little bit of poetic license that maybe um warner brothers has added in there to uh make it a bit more interesting although i will say films do this they add these things to make it more interesting but fact is stranger than fiction yes absolutely and uh there's nothing i hate more than flying tables, <laughs> head spinning, green sick everywhere. It's it's a no from me. So, so obviously it's called The Devil Made Me Do It. And The Devil Made Me Do It is kind of the coined phrase of the trial of Arnie Cheyenne Johnson. Now, it's a real famous um, case in America. It was the first court case in the United States where the defence... Uh, sought to prove the innocence of um, Arnie by claiming demonic possession and denial of personal responsibility for the crime. Okay, so obviously a groundbreaking... Groundbreaking over there. So, this is how it all... Well, this is where... This is the crime. This is where, you know, the trial has started. So, November 24th, 1981, in Brookfield, Connecticut, Arnie Cheyenne Johnson stabbed... Alan Bono, 20 times with a with a pocket knife. So at this time, Arnie is 19, Alan is 40. So he's quite a lot older than him. Um, so it was a very, very small community. Um, and it was the first murder in that community in 193 years. Yes, yeah, so it was a big so, deal. Like yeah. a lot of towns in America, their history is very... Uh, it's not like ours, where it goes back thousands of years. It's, you know, towns can be a couple of hundred years old. Yeah. So in that whole time, there was never, ever, ever a murder. So I won't tell you what he got convicted of, but I'll tell you that at the end. So this is this. we're, We're jumping back now. We're jumping back to where this possession has allegedly um, originated from. The evidence they used in the in the trial and things like that. So, it's all based on the testimony of uh, the family. The uh, forgive, forgive me if I say this wrong. The Glitzel family. I went. I've just seen it. I can't remember how they say it. Glitzel. 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 Yeah. Um, and also on um, Ed and Lorraine's observations, evidence that they've kind of created for themselves. So. It, it all starts with an 11 year old boy his name's david and he is believed to be host to a demon they believe him to be possessed, possessed. and there are an increase over time an increasing amount of 
occurrences that are happening that are leading them to believe to this. So he would kick, bite, spit, swear, um, and he claimed to have experienced strangling attempts by um, invisible hands, that nothing was there. I think he was seeing things as well, wasn't he? He was physically seeing... Well, we'll get into that. Right, okay. Because remember, what the film shows us and what actually is documented are very different. Okay, right, yeah. So, you, we've got this boy. He's he's acting out, which is out of character for him. He's he's a you know he's quite a well mannered. They're quite a not you know they're a normal. So you're, you're what you're saying now is the absolute fact. We this know is, the fact. This, this is what is documented. License. This is a fact. This yeah. is so. Okay. They're a they're a run of the mill family. Nothing to report. They're all really good. They're, you know they're nice people. They're yeah. members of the community. David's really and then at some point turns into this like has episodes of real aggression. But it's completely out, out, of of blue. out of character and out of the blue for him. And um, he's claiming to, you know, be strangled by these invisible hands. And that something would flop him around like a ragdoll. Literally just throw him around the place. Yeah. And like throw him up walls, everything. Um, David's mum, she's called Judy, said that he would wake up in the night screaming about a man with big black eyes, mm. a thin face with animal features and jagged teeth, yeah. pointed ears, horns and hooves. Oh, and go. this thing would say, like, tell him to beware and, you know, be just malevolent in, yeah. in its nature. Now, also, while he's sleeping, there are... Uh, bruises and scratches are appearing on him whilst he's sleeping and that strange noises were heard in the attic above them and they just they, they couldn't f figure out what it was what was making that noise they couldn't they couldn't coin it to anything so david then like you said began to see this they, they coined him the beast man that's what they would call him mm. and that he was seeing him while he was awake and he also claimed to see an old man with a white beard dressed in like a flannelly shirt and jeans. Right. Um, he was also seeing him. So the family, understandably, are beside themselves. And so they reach out to uh, the Roman Catholic Church right. for help. And a priest come and did a blessing of the house. Yeah. Which did absolutely nothing. nothing. All it did was escalate. And wind. <laughs> was winding. winding this entity up. So, obviously, so the, the priest has come. He's done his blessing. The noises in the house grow louder. The visions become longer, more terrifying, stronger. And David, his behaviour changes as well. So he starts hissing speaking in um, different voices, speaking in, in tongues. tongues, started quoting from the Bible. Talking Aramaic. What's Aramaic? Well, it's the language of the time of Jesus. Oh, is it's, it? It's the old, yeah, it's the old Oh, okay, language. interesting. I learned something there. Now, at, with this increase in activity and what is happening, the family started to take turns watching David in overnight shifts and... He often woke up and, and was experiencing seizure-like um, episodes. Yeah. So there was there was fitting and convulsing and things like that. So 
we move on now to our protagonists, Ed and Lorraine Warren. Okay. So the family, you know, they're exhausted, they're terrified, they've been to the church, it hasn't helped. Uh, yeah, so they, they so they reach out to demonologists, Ed and Lorraine Warren. Now, problematic as they may be, everyone knows who they are because of the Conjuring films. We're not going to get into that. And because primarily of uh, atmosphere haunting. Yes. Now, um, this is kind of Lorraine's testimony yeah. of what Ed saw, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So she said that while he was interviewing David, that there was um, a black misty form uh, next to him, which told her that they was dealing with something negative. Negative, Negative. Yeah. And that quite quickly as they were talking... Uh, David was complaining that invisible hands were choking him again, which is the nature of what had been happening. And that red marks started to come up around on him. Um, and he said that he had the feeling that he was being hit as well. So obviously, they've they've gone, they've done their initial interview and see what's going on. Things are happening and they think, well, we need to step in and intervene. So along with the family, the Warrens... Uh, petitioned the Roman Catholic Church and they're petitioning for a formal exorcism to be performed. So the priest that had come in just did a blessing. Just, just but did a now blessing. They, uh, they're yeah, petitioning for, yeah. for the exorcism. Um, I believe it was rejected a few times and there was multiple petitions. So yeah. during this time, and you've got to make it's not a quick process. So this poor boy is still still going through this while they're still kind of battling the, the Roman Catholic Church oh, yeah. to, to get to get this exorcism. Um, so they give in, they come, they do the exorcism, which is said to have lasted several days. Yeah. And during the course of that, they, um, towards the end of it, a demon fled the body and went into Arnie, which is the, the boy that I spoke about from the yeah. beginning. Now, Arnie was... The boyfriend of the boy's sister. Sister, yes. Yeah. Fact. Yeah. A close person to the boy, yeah, and the family. Yeah. Um, but they, Ed Warren says that it was... He... Arnie Johnson made a mistake, and he taunted the demon by saying take me on take me take my invite, body that's a, that's take, an invitation take Come my in. take yeah. my body leave that little boy alone yeah. you're probably out of terror and fear and upset and not really and wanting that to end do you know what i mean what an ordeal um so he 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 challenges well, he essentially invites the demon to come and possess him. Mm -hmm. And listen, that's an invitation. So naturally, that would be a good trade for a demon. Yeah, well, happy days for Especially him. Especially as he was possibly going to be banished from the little boy anyway. So he thinks, hold on a minute. Well, let me... Yeah, let, let's I'll take another ship. host. I'll jump the sinking yeah, ship. Yeah, And so that's that's how it all has, has come about. So that is... It's documented. We have got the testimony of the family. Yeah. Um, and Ed and Lorraine Warren. Okay. So that is what they claim to to have happened. I know that in more recent times, members of the family have um, said that Ed and Lorraine Warren 
were cashing in on what had happened and had maybe exaggerated what had happened. Yeah, but hold on a minute. If they're claiming that what happened to their son, I mean, how much more can you exaggerate that? I mean, from what they're saying happened was pretty horrific, if that's a genuine case. So I don't know how Ed and Lorraine could have... I don't know. I, I, so I, don't, I haven't, read, there, I haven't there, read... There was yeah. a big legal dispute. Oh, really? Yeah, and we won't get oh, into right. that. Oh, right, okay, so there was... Because oh. because it was released in kind of Ed and Lorraine's memoirs. They released it in their kind of, in their books. So maybe the family wanted a fiver off it or genuinely thought that they were deliberately mm -hmm. cashing in yeah. and, and making stuff up. Okay, Basically. so we'll, we'll probably never know. We'll, I, it's one of them things we'll never know, but you, we'll just run with it. Yeah, And, yeah. you know... It's I, good information And to I have. can imagine, like with a lot of stories, you know, you, that's the story you get, and then if you kind of find a middle ground, you're somewhere that you'll find the truth. So I can imagine there definitely was things going on. There probably maybe was a possession, but maybe not to the extent... Or the things that happened that they claimed the activity that the activity they were present to okay so obviously they they rid this little boy of his demon and well he's invited in so they so they, that's the whole point they don't no, get to rid him no, no oh, that yes yeah, so that but it's been taken from david yeah and it's now in it was invited so he wasn't yeah. rid of it it was invited yeah, so the host yeah with we had the exorcism and stuff. So several months later, Arnie kills his landlord, which was Alan, mm. uh, during a heated conversation, argument. Now, his defence lawyer argued in court that he did this because he was possessed and he'd done it on Lorraine Warren's say -so, Not say-so, but listen, this is the... This is what the do deal. we know about Arnie's character before this? Was he a, a cool guy, chilled out guy? Was he aggressive? Yeah, no, from, from, Are we going to no, get to that? No, but from everything I saw, this is was very out of character. Completely he was out of character. Kind, loving. But in the run up to this, his behaviour was after he invited the demon yeah. in. His behaviour changed drastically. Of course, was, and do, yeah. was erratic yeah. and he, he altered as a person. But they just put it down to you know traumatic experience you know it, there's a lot going on yeah okay um so they so the girlfriend which is david's sister yeah they uh move in to like a kennel and a, a, a like a dog home dog yeah, home yeah. kind Kennels, of kind yeah, of yeah. situation which alan is the owner of yeah and so they only would spend a lot of time there yeah and the argument started, so they, there was drink and stuff involved, and the Alan has grabbed hold of the girlfriend and won't let go, and then he's prized her off of her, and then he stabs him twenty times with a pen knife. Mm. Now the attorney for young Arnie is a man called Martin Minella, and so he said, "Look, listen, I have got the evidence to prove this." And is quite famously known for saying that the courts have dealt with the existence of God. Now they're going to have to deal with the existence of the devil. And because, obviously, I, I think what he said at the time was, if I'm correct, we swear on the Bible in a court of law. So if we're swearing no, you're, on... No, you're going to the film. That was, we but, know he said that. I don't know if he said that. <laughs> but, but wouldn't that... Yeah, but I, I think if that line in the film 
was a fake. It actually makes very much sense. I know. Because it, 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 when you do go to, you have to swear on a I Bible. I swear by a holy yeah. God. So then, so if you acknowledge that existence of God, you have to. Right, you would have to. But but the acknowledge of existence in a court is to swear on the on the holy Bible. And this is the thing: if you if you accept that there is a God, you have to accept that with that comes. Yeah. If there's good, there is evil. Of course. And you have to accept that. But again, it's a, it's one of them really far out there things that is a very, it's very, it's difficult to prove because even now we still haven't got that definitive kind of look. Proof. I think we have, but it's not recognised. Basically. Um, and so the kind of evidence and stuff he had was, the, you know, the testimony from the family, the evidence gathered by Ed and Lorraine Warren, and all of that was presented in court. But the judge ruled that such a defence could never be proven and therefore was infeasible in a court of law. And Arnie was then in turn convicted of first degree manslaughter and was sentenced to 20 years. But he only served five years for good behaviour. Right. So I don't know if... I don't know if it was a lesser sentence than he should have got. Because I agree, it wasn't murder, it's not premeditated, it's during an argument, so it is manslaughter. No, he got, no, I'm talking myself into it. He got convicted of what he should have got convicted of. It depends if he was genuinely possessed or not. If he was genuinely but possessed, that judge, he wouldn't have been in control of what he was no, doing. No, but that judge said, you cannot prove that I know the judge said here. you can't do that. You cannot prove that here. In the really real world, there, but this, there's this, Yes, yeah. so in, in the really real world and what we know and the evidence that we have seen and heard and stuff... There's a very good chance. There's a very, very good chance that he was not in control. control. yeah. Or even... If, if it wasn't that the devil made him do it, certainly maybe... Um, the kind of psychological factor, the mental health yeah, and the implications he, and stuff, and through, yeah. you know, as had altered him and his perception of what had happened. He could have had PTSD. Could have. I mean, something like that. Yeah. You have to go through that. Yeah. Okay. So, knowing that, let's go back to the film. So, we are going to say to all of you viewers at home, I'm going to give it twenty seconds. If you do not want any spoilers. Do not go past this point. You have been warned. Please pause this. Please turn it off. If you have already seen it or you don't want to see it, carry on listening. You have had fair warning. I'm taking it to 19 minutes. And <laughs> right, spoiler alert. So beginning of the film, we go to that family home. We see that little boy's possession. We see some of the activity that's going on. We see Arnie say, come on then, take me, take me. We see him invite yep. the we, we see. Himself. We see, we the, see that process. So we see the lead up. So we see David. We see um, him uh, seeing this thing, a demon. Uh, we see the things that happen. We see the, the, the scratches, the biting, the kicking. Now... During this time, obviously, then Ed and Lorraine come and they start performing their exorcism. And interestingly, did you clock it when the priest turns up and he stands outside the house? It was like the exorcist because yeah, it had yeah. the street lamp and everything. Yeah. And I thought, well, that's a nod, isn't it? Now, so he comes, they start doing it. Now, listen, I hate it when they do this because it makes me feel sick. 
But you know when their body contorts and they twist round? Yeah, I know, I and know, like, And I like know. their head comes out in between their legs and it just made me feel sick. Now, yeah. on a personal level, I feel like that didn't happen. I feel like the whole exorcism and build up to it was very poetic license. Of course. Uh, as influence. In... I mean, there was like a mini hurricane that went on inside. The whole yeah. house was smashed up. There was, and I was like, oh, Jesus. It looked, it for me, was a bit. It was real Hollywood, wasn't it? It was, it was a real Hollywood moment. But again, I feel like if you just stick to the bare bones of what that story is, that's far more scary. Yeah. That's far more scary. Um, because you, you get to a point where you think, no, that couldn't have happened. You mm -hmm. buy into it and then it goes so crazy, you just know that that didn't happen. And that's for me where I kind of lose interest. Yeah. Um, <coughs> so. Because honestly, if I'm, if I'm going to see something based on a true story, I want it more based on the true story than the fantastical and poetic uh -huh. license. Yeah. If I want to see a fantasy movie, I want to see a fantasy. I'll go and see a fantasy movie. Yeah, whatever, yeah, the genre is. And, and I like a true story to be more like the true story. Yeah. Um, so the the beginning of that film, with what we know, is is it's pretty well based on um, the real life story. So the 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 um, activity with the young boy, the possession of the young boy, the exorcism, yeah, yeah, because the exorcism is documented as well, yeah, by the by the church, um, and then the the uh, Arnie challenging him, challenging the demon, and then him becoming possessed. Yeah. So in the film, we then go on a couple of months, don't we? And then we see Arnie and his girlfriend in a dog boarding kennel situation yeah um which again is what happened is, is, fact, is, yeah. is what happened is fact um the man that owns it is very clearly an arsehole and well he was portrayed to be he couldn't have been that much of an arsehole because they wouldn't have started living with him and working with him to be fair no, in the real, real world maybe you know, he was a, he was getting a bit flash being pissed, but they wouldn't have moved in with him and lived with him if he was a complete arsehole. So, um, so that's all happened. So that when they say that there was drinking and stuff involved, they show that, don't they? Yeah. And yeah. that he grabs older and won't let go. They show that in the film, though, they show him having some kind of like psychotic break and falling through the door and pushing himself down like a long hallway mm. and it all goes black and then a monster jumps out the window and but in reality is he's grabbed and he gets her off and then he stabs him 20 yeah, times yeah so again they've dramatized the yeah how it how it happens and there ends the true story and then we get into the weird and wonderful towel of the country the devil made me do it now i'll be really upfront and say i really did not enjoy this film did you i lost interest very quickly because for me the minute it spins completely out like i said if i want to see fantasy i will particularly get the headline and go and watch a fantasy movie for me, it just went way too crazy because I, I, I'm still in the part where I want to know the real story. Mm -hmm. So I'm to fella, the court case, I want to see all of that, that in detail. 
I want to see everything. And, and, and it just stopped that and it went straight on to this crazy, but there's, crazy... There's, in the, there's no talk of the court case at all. It literally is... A bit at the, the end. The woman stands up and says... I'm, we're not guilty. We're pleading demonic I mean, possession, yeah. and then it, and then it cuts. That's the end of the film. I mean, it's such right. a fantastic and important case. You know, something that's really groundbreaking to take to a court of law about possession, and this is based on the movie, and you don't see any of it. Now, I want the real life story. I know there's even poetic licensing, and I get that and I understand that. But to go from that to this crazy crazy they drifted so far away I, I, I just from the bare from it. the bare bones i didn't have a clue what, was, I didn't going know what on. was going on um now now it didn't help can i just say that you ordered salt popcorn and i hate it <laughs> so that pissed me off but even so we're sitting there he's got i mean who eats salt popcorn like seriously but even apart from the salt popcorn you know drama um, I, I just, I just, because I couldn't understand it, I couldn't follow it. I think, hold on, we, we've got a real good basis for a film here. I was enjoying it, and but now we're it, in some ridiculous cave with a witch. It had bare bones, uh, but it drifted so, so, so far, far away from what it was ever I meant mean, to be. I mean, is it true that Ed Warren during this time had a heart attack and was in hospital dur during this time? Do we I, know that? I believe so. Yeah. Okay. Um, but like you said, there's all of a sudden. There's like a, a voodoo witch who's the daughter of a priest who used to be a priest, but now he's in a and satanic a cult, cult and he's got a dungeon full of everything satanic. But underneath all the floors are and miles a cave and miles system. of cave systems with his daughter that was practising um, a cult and that was... Was putting curses on people and, and then... And then, and then ends up killing her own, cutting her own father's throat. And then out of the blue, the rain starts running through the woods and finds a dead body. I don't know what that had. That had like zero. To, that had nothing to do with anything. Yeah, it was spinned off so much because I literally couldn't follow it. And I'm like, well, hold on a minute. And and I just couldn't follow it at all. And I said to you, actually, when we walked out, I said, if we weren't doing it for this, I definitely would have left after half an hour or so yeah. because it just I think that what, what they did is they went the wrong direction so what they did is they invented a curse and the film was Ed and Lorraine trying to figure out what what's happened and trying to break the curse when it should have been Ed and Lorraine trying to gather the evidence working with the lawyer how are we going to present this? Well, this yeah. is what we found. Let us go out and find more. More Let interviews us do this. with Arnie, interviews more interviews with, this. with interviews. David and the family. More, you know, listen, what was he like? You know, I've had, I had to ask you, so what was he like? Was he, was he a nice fellow before? We don't see any of that. We don't see the family saying, you know, he's been with our daughter for years and years. He's never raised his voice. He's a lovely man. It all changed in that night. We didn't see any of that. It went to under, underground curses and, and a cult and... And, 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 I mean, I can't. I mean, I can't even. Which is which? You couldn't it. get further from the truth. I think if the film had had it had a good start, it could have been better. I would say, but it had a solid start. And it just went downhill very, very quickly, and they just steered completely into the wrong, wrong thing. They, they had a, someone sat around a table and said, "I've got an idea. What about this?" There's a curse, yeah. And there's underground have to go and have to go rescue everybody. Listen, they're not superheroes. They're paranormal investigators. Creatures with boobs that started attacking everyone. I mean, what was that about? Then they go into a morgue and there's zombies. There's zombies in it. Yeah, zombies are attacking them. I think, God, what the, what the fuck? 
And all the time, I want to know, come on, let's know about this court case and how this well, that, is happening. That was, that, this, was this a, that was the saving grace of it, wasn't possessed. it? You was thinking, right, well, let's get to the end. Let's see this court case and see how they... Well, that's that's what we stayed with, because I, I said at the end, I, I wanted to watch that because I, I needed to find out what happens in the end. Was he guilty? What, I, I wanted, I'm thinking I'm still going to see a court case. But, listen... The judge don't even put his hammer down. It literally is them standing up saying, not guilty, we're going with the, this. And it literally, it's they end it with a couple of pictures going, David spent was found guilty and spent five years in prison. Ed made a full recovery. The family are living a normal life. And then that was it. I was I like, mean, I think right. if you want to see um, a movie like that, you know, under the title of... Um, what do they call it, a uh, fantasy, well, it's, it's probably a blinding movie. But I think, don't do two things. If you're going to do it based on facts, stick yeah, to that. Do, do not present to me... I don't a, know how you a, can mix a, the two. Do not present to me a true story and then present present me with that. Because, honestly, it wouldn't be out of place, would it, in Lord of the Rings or something like that? Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Having to smash, smash the, the ancient altar to break the curse. Oh, no. Yeah. It's a no from me. Now, during that film... Well, actually, we left the film. You said we didn't even stay to the end. Actually, guys, as as the kind of the it coming towards the end, we went no, I don't even I don't even care, I'm off. But as we left, you said the only interesting thing they said in that is when they go to the um, lawyer, which in the film as well is a woman, when it was actually a man. Um, they say this has been done before, twice in the UK. Yeah, they said. Um, that defence of possession uh, was rare, but had been done before twice in the United Kingdom. So I said to Freddie, well, that's actually saying that we can take from it and research that. So I am going to tell you now how or what that case is. So we are talking about the case of a man called Michael Taylor, who lived in Osset. Oh, Osset, West Yorkshire. West Yorkshire. And he was a butcher. And in 1974, Michael's wife, Christine, um, stated to a Christian fellowship group that they was both a membership member of, that his um, relationship with the woman that led it, Marie Robinson, yeah. was um, sexual. That right. That Michael Taylor and the woman that run this group were having it off. Yeah, a lay preacher. So just someone who would preach but wasn't ordained by the church. Basically. So, yeah, a lay preacher, yeah. Um, so this all comes to a head and the wife um, confronts him and other people do. And he admitted that he felt um, an evil within him. And eventually, as this is all progressing, he um, attacks... Marie Robinson verbally, not physically, but he, he gives her a barrage of abuse. Um, now, that all happens, it gets broken up. Everyone goes home. Mm. They hold another meeting. He goes to it and is forgiven because that's the nature of... Yeah. You know, all is forgiven, all, all is better. But he continues to be um, very erratic, very, very strange and behaving really odd. Now, because of his behaviour and because of the change in his behaviour, a local vicar calls in um, 
other ministers and people uh, uh, of the church and attempt to perform and cast out demons that were residing within him. Now, person did that quite a lot in those days. Well, though, listen, I'm going to say this. That's very extreme. He's, he's having it off with the woman. Yeah. He's been found out, goes mad he's about it. Out. Yeah. And then goes back to the meeting next week and he's a bit off. Mm. Right. That's very normal behaviour. Yeah, it's very normal behaviour. There's no need <laughs> to, to, to be doing an exorcism on this poor fella. <laughs> but they did in those days, they, didn't they? Well, they, listen, they were anything. Oh, the devil's cast in the. Well, I don't know. It's 1970. It's, what? Yes. Oh, well, no, that's not normal. No, I that's thought not you were normal. talking way back in no, the No, this oh, is 1970. Well, I was born. 1974, we're talking. Well, that was, I was two years up, really. Are you sure? Yeah. Oh, well, that's. Yeah, okay, right. A bit mad, if you ask yeah. me. Anyway, an exorcism is performed between the 5th and the 6th of October 1974. And it was at St. Thomas's Church in Gorba. Okay. G-A-W-B-E-R. If I'm saying it wrong, correct me. Which I, I assume is in West Yorkshire. It's in, in this, Osset, it, yeah. where, where he And it was him. headed by Father Peter Vincent, and he was an Anglian priest of St. Anglican Thomas's. Anglican priest, yeah. What did I say? Anglian. Anglican. Oh, ignore me, fucking idiot. Um, and he was helped by a Methodist clergyman called Reverend Raymond Smith. Um, now, there is some, a man called Bill Ellis, and he's like a leading um, expert in folklore, occult, mm. things like that. And he said, this is what, so in an all night ceremony, they invoked and cast out at least 40 demons, including those of incest, bestiality, blasphemy, and lewdness. And an bestiality? Yeah, shagging animals. Well, I know that, but I mean, he wasn't doing that, was he? So why would... But that one, that demon of that was in him. Okay, right, so that's what they're saying. Now, I would like to ask Kelly this. <laughs> 40 demons to me seems excessive. It does to me as well. Maybe one. One of adultery, maybe. I just... But... Listen, I think, th think we're either not getting the full information where he, he acted a lot, lot, lot worse than that is reported here, or... There's not, a, hu was, there's or, not a huge amount of information. Or, or this, this obviously wasn't justified. So anyway, anyway so... at the end, uh, Michael was allowed to go home. Although they felt that at least three of the demons, insanity, murder and violence, were still inside of him. Okay. They said, off you go. Right. So Get off he goes home. Doors, yeah. Whilst at home, Taylor, Michael Taylor, brutally murders his wife, Christine. Really? He attacked her with his bare hands, tearing her eyes and tongue out. What? And almost tearing off her face. Right. With his bare Hands. Okay, so hold on, that changes it a bit for me. Because listen, there's one thing going to murder in your wife and there's something else when you're you're tearing when you're gouging out her eyes and tearing out that her tongue. Is that is like evil. An, that's like an animal attack. That like, I can see under the headline you know, under the guise of possession. Really? 
He then also strangled their pet poodle to death. Now, but listen, but they cast they cast out bestiality, so he wouldn't have slept with the poodle afterwards. <laughs> I'm not going to. I'm not going to say anything about that. Yeah. Um, Michael was found naked in the street, covered in blood, by a policeman. I would say that the people that are trying to get them out put some bloody in. If he was just just performing a bit badly, at and the, lo- a at the local extra, church group, yeah, and then they all get to him. And, you know, because these things can go wrong. And well, then ends up... for, for me, I feel, from the information I've got, I feel like they have made this, sensationalised this, and put him... Because an exorcism, my understanding, is really traumatic. It's not, you know, it's not a nice thing to happen. It's not a nice well, it is, thing to go it is traumatic, you know. And, you know and I think that maybe that's that has made him worse. That's what I'm saying. It Because these things can go wrong. Mm-hmm. Maybe... When they're trying to cast something out, they they accidentally brought something in. I mean, I don't know. Listen, who knows? But it sounds anyway. like a crazy story. Anyway, go on. So he's naked in the street. So, and, and, you know, the, the policeman finds him. Then they, they find his wife. They find the dog. He's arrested. And he's then... Has he got any memory of doing it afterwards? Well, he's put on trial. Yeah. And they use the possession argument. But he's acquitted on the grounds of insanity as opposed to the possession. So it's a it's an odd one, isn't it? I just think their complaint about him before was a little bit of bad behaviour by a man having a little affair and uh, but you know having up. Having hands up. Now, hold on a minute. You know, defending his position, obviously. Mm. Having a few rows in church. So the next minute, they're exercising him and he's ripped out his, his wife's eyes and tongue. tongue. But anyway, so he... They they, they use the possession argument, but it is instead... Um, well, he would have been insane if he had got possessed <laughs> after what they had done. Insane. So he <clears throat> spent two years in Broadmoor Hospital, which we all know. Yeah. And then spent another two years in a secure ward in uh, Bradford before being released. And actually the... Right, hold on a minute. So we're, we're not talking very long ago. So do we know where this fella is now? Well, he's still alive. What? He's still alive. We better, we better delete this podcast in we case better he, he comes after us. Listen, I live in Cornwall. Go look for me, cool. Yeah, I live in the Highlands of Scotland. <laughs> so, anyway, so this he spends four years away for ripping off his wife's face in a frenzied attack, and is released into the public. It would be fascinating, though, to talk to this man to get his own. Because listen, listen, I don't know if I'm, not, I'm a bit scared of him. Let's not make light of it. Let's just say, for example, this is true, and say he was possessed. Wouldn't it be fascinating to hear from him himself? Say, listen, I didn't mean to do it. I love my wife. You know, I know I was a bit of a drama. Wouldn't it be interesting, his point of view? Yeah. Because we have to take on all, all sides. That's that's what we do this for, to, to think about all sides. Saying that, sometimes I do this podcast, Freddie. I get back indoors and I change my mind slightly. And I, I can spin it, you know, what? So... He is, he's, he's, he's elderly now. And I can imagine has taken um, a reclusive life. However, in July 2005, Mm. he was 
back in the news because he was found guilty of indecently touching a teenage girl. Um, he was sentenced for this and sent to prison. And a week into his prison sentence, he uh, attempted suicide four, on four occasions. He also began exhibiting very strange behaviour yeah. and stuff similar to when um, he had killed his wife. And so the court did order for him to undergo psychiatric treatment again. So you're saying for years and years he was fine. And then... Essentially rehabilitated and lived a normal life. And then it reoccurred again at some point. Yeah. Um, it doesn't say when the crime took place. But if we're saying July 2005, yeah. you can say 2004. Yeah. So 30 years... Later, something else Something has... He's done something. But listen... Indecently touching a teenage girl and ripping a woman's face off. Are two different... Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, you know, both horrific crimes. Yeah, absolutely. But one could be under the genre of possession and the other one could be under the genre of being a perv. Basically. Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. But that is... So in the film, when they turn around and say it's been done in the UK, there you go. That's what. That's how they did it. Who they did it. Who they did it with. Um, what do you think of it? I'm in two uh, minds. I'm in two minds with it all. What? Do you, what? What do I think of what? The, the... Of him, of Michael him. Taylor. Yeah. Um, listen, I just know that there's very few things in this this life, through my experiences, that I would say. I don't believe, or or, or potentially, um, couldn't happen. I don't know. I, I just don't know. I'm open. I'm open. Any, anything's possible. But I think, had he gone home and stabbed her, or strangled her, or something, it's a like it's a man scorned. You know, he's crime of passion. Crime of passion. Like, do you know what I mean? But too much stress. But to rip. Tear someone's eyes out, out and, and tongue, tongue out, and I then mean, pull their that, pull their face off. That takes a lot to to rip out. A t I mean, I don't even want to think about that. But also, as well for her, that's not an instant death. Exactly, that's horrific, horrific. What did she choke on the blood from her tongue? Because I can imagine she's she's face down. And from the man that's but she's supposed to be in love with, or supposed to love her. Really awful, actually. I think it's very the more rare I think for there about to be. It. Yeah, I think it's very rare to hear of um, a murder, a domestic murder, where your eyes and your tongue are ripped out. Because mm -hmm. that takes a lot of effort to, you know, don't forget, she's going to be fighting and scratching and biting. She's not going to go easy. Oh, and he was going to like a man possessed. Yeah, and that's a lot of work. So, um, yeah, I think when you when you look at when you look at kind of domestic homicide and things like that, it is always very personal, and it is very much kind of. Um, crime and multiple, passion. multiple, multiple stabbings and, and strangulation. Uh, lots of, lots of different. But it's this to me. It's it's frenzied, and it's impersonal, and it's it's animalistic, I mean, isn't lot, it? That's like that's like if a bear went after someone, they'd like eat their face off or something. A lot of serial killers, some of the most evil serial killers in the world, Did don't it? kill by that. No. They, they, they don't go that far. I mean, Jesus, I don't know. I mean, I would say off the back of that murder and off the back of 
them listen sometimes you can do stuff and it goes wrong so they're trying to draw demons out so you know god knows what they were doing their incantations god knows we we don't know if these people were really genuinely trained maybe they put some in but we know the end result but for me exorcisms is is a roman catholic practice I, I don't well originally but obviously all types of religions do, but and do cultures they do it yeah so well it would be called a different word no, but you it? wouldn't go to the church but you wouldn't approach the church of england for an exorcism would you yeah would you yeah you can yeah oh okay yeah. i didn't know that it's i not... thought it was it was strictly no right that they were the ones that they because they, they they are trained and i think and they... it can only be done by certain like there's certain people no, listen god, god is under the umbrella of all religions um and heaven and hell is under the umbrella it's not just the catholics are allowed to do it or have the skills or powers to multiple multiple churches and religions do it may be called a different thing i know um the christian church don't advertise like at all you wouldn't even know that but there are sections in the christian church as you know as in the catholic catholicism that um have ha, you know have priests uh, special priests that will do that i think you know what it is freddie it's that the movies always show us the catholic the catholic the catholic and think, they're all going to the pope yeah. and getting it yeah i think it and is, i think again fair. it's one of those things that we watch the movies and think it's fact when really all religions have um the abilities and have men trained and women trained for the skills to do that because it's just again the, like, like methodist it's not a religion I know the religion, I don't know tons about it, but it's not a religion that I would have considered to have kind of practiced that. But then I'd, uh, listen, we'd, we'd, we'd have, to, have to ask, and I'm not going to, I'm not sure, but I would imagine Methodist would come under the same, well, possibly, genre as Christian. I mean, I think all these kind of other churches would have a go to, you know, to go to. Yeah, so I think. That, um, a bit of a tangent, interesting nonetheless. It's something we, we, we need to do a bit more research on, because I wouldn't like to say any of that as fact. I think we need to definitely have a yeah, bit definitely. more research on and that. Yeah, definitely, and that's fine. Um, but I think overall, I would rate The Conjuring 3, The Devil Made Me Do It, out of five stars, one and a half. Not even one and a half. I'd give one. One star. Yeah, I'd give one. I'd give one star, yeah. And, um, and that, that, that would be for the true... The, yeah, for and, true and for the questions it's made me ask afterwards, Yeah, I would say. So um, if you do watch it, let us know what you think, because I've seen some rave reviews about it, saying, oh, my God, it's so good. Well, Ten stars that. out of ten. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't much get it. So let us know what you think. Pop us a message. Give us an email. Tweet us, Instagram us, Facebook us. Do the lot. Um, we will see you again next week. All right, guys, behave yourselves and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye.